This is episode 16. In a way, it's number one, but I'll explain that later. Are you ready to explore life's possibilities? Go from ordinary to extraordinary. Then it's time to live limitless. To live limitless. Here's your host, Matt Bailey. Why, hello there. So yes, I am your host, Matt Bailey. This is the Live Limitless podcast, and I'd like to welcome you to episode number 16, but also in a way, episode number one. So for anyone who's been a previous listener of the Live Limitless podcast, this podcast actually started two years ago. But after episode 15, I went traveling around the world with my wife, and I did intend to keep doing the podcast, but I uh, obviously wasn't prepared enough, and the places we were... um, you know, places like Uganda and Ethiopia and things like that. The Wi-Fi wasn't always the best. So rather than it being crappy audio all the time and being stressed out, I just put the podcast on hiatus. But now I am back and this time with a uh, much more of a schedule. So there's going to be a podcast every single week released every Monday. So I'm hoping to remove the Monday blues from all of you who are listening to this on the way to work or on the way back from work. And it's really cool. We're going to be doing some some different things this time. So uh, in general, a podcast is typically an interview with someone else. So I will be doing those. But at least once every month, I'm going to be doing what's called a, a workshop episode. So kind of like a live case study in a way. So just as an example... Uh, a couple weeks from now is going to be Tom Morks, and he's known across the web as a book marketer. So I'm releasing uh, the 2.0 version of a travel book that I have on Amazon, and he's helping me go over kind of the marketing plan and all that kind of stuff. So you'll get to actually hear through all that. So it's a, it's a, it's a very cool way to learn how to do a book marketing plan or how to write a book for Kindle and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be awesome. But for today's interview, I have Stephen Lee on the podcast, and Stephen's a, a, a friend of mine. We met through the World Domination Summit, and he was getting into travel hacking, and I'm kind of that guy up here in Canada, so uh, he reached out, and he lives in the nearest city to me, um, and his, his story is pretty cool. He used to be a mechanical engineer, and now he's a photographer, so he did a pretty big 360 in life, a totally different route. And uh, that's why I'm interviewing him today, just to learn why he chose photography, why he decided to leave engineering, how he got started with photography, how he found his first customers, uh, his favorite books, his mentors, what he does, you know, his daily rituals, morning rituals. So it's a a really cool story. Uh, I do want to tell you that this was uh, my first podcast after two years. This is the first interview I did. So I find when I listen to it, I'm a little bit slower than usual, but I, I do I do pick it up, so it does get better. But I still wanted to publish this because uh, his story's great, and you know it's not like he's the biggest photographer in the world, and that's what I like to interview people who are still in the trenches but are doing cool things with their lives or just like making radical changes in their life. And um, I want to inspire you to do cool things in yours. And if you're if you've ever thought about being um, a photographer. Uh, this is also a great episode for you. So without further ado, I don't want to keep talking. Let's get into the interview. All right. Hey, Stephen. How's it going? Hey, not too bad. Awesome. Good to have you on the show. Yeah. Thanks for for picking me, I guess, as someone to interview. Yeah, I just thought it was like super... Uh, I always love when people just make like a total 360 in life, <laughs> I guess. Like not... 
you know, I just find there's a lot of people who maybe went to school for something and then maybe because of that, they just continue to do it, even if they don't find it's right anymore. So it's always cool to, uh, I don't know, just hear people who've made likes such a, a big change. Oh, so like if me and you were in an elevator, you know, we just had like 30 seconds or something. And I asked you like, well, what do you do for a living? What would you say? Pretty much, I would say I'm a photographer, traveler, and entrepreneur. Short and to the point. Yeah. What is it that you're doing now in terms of like uh, with the, the photography, that kind of stuff? Okay. As an entrepreneur. Yeah. So basically right now, um, I've dived on t- basically I've dived into entrepreneurship and I've started my own company, uh, my own photography company. And pretty much right now when it comes to photography, and the business, um, I'm basically kind of doing a bit of everything, uh, whatever kind of pays the bill. So I'm doing like, stuff for people, right. like for weddings, engagements, portraits, and family. I'm doing shoots for businesses, um, like headshots and marketing material images and things like that. Um, I'm teaching photography. Hmm. And then a new thing that I'm getting into, which is kind of more aligned with my passion, my other passion, which is travel. And I'm hoping to kind of push the, more of this and do more of this and focus more in the future and grow this side of the business is, um, I travel quite a bit and I take pictures while I travel and I'm starting to sell my travel images to uh, locally and eventually online. Cool. Yeah. What were you doing before? You started- uh, so I was actually an employee and I was working as an engineer. Okay. What kind of engineer? Uh, mechanical. Okay. Yeah, I remember. So for like, uh, for the listeners out there, like, uh, how did we meet Steven? I almost forget now. Uh, <laughs> it's been a couple well, of years. I, I think I met you uh, through WDS. Um, so I think, um, after WDS, um, I kind of was trying to find who are the other Canadians and specifically even more local, like, so within like Calgary and Edmonton. Right. I went to WDS and I think one, you were one of the persons I found and then also discovered that you were into travel and you're starting a, like a travel hacking business. So I'm like, Hey, I need to talk to this guy. And, okay. No, yeah. I, remember, yeah. I remember meeting you in the mall in yeah. Calgary for the first time. So that was cool. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so like what I loved about your story was just like going from a totally different field, right? Like mechanical engineering to photography. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you're making it work. Like I, I see you on Facebook and obviously, uh, it's picking up steam pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. And what, uh, why, like, why did you decide to jump into photography and not, uh, not continue down the path of, of mechanical engineering? Um, I guess so when I was, um, when I was an engineer, um, I kind of worked for two companies and the first company I worked for, um, after about. I was there for seven years and pretty much about after year four, year five, I was starting to get sick and tired of the job. Uh, I didn't like it. I was stuck in the office working for a company I didn't really believe in. Um, and things start to get really repetitive and very kind of like the schedule is very strict and not very flexible. Right. Um, and so I just kind of got tired of it, started to get the travel bug and wanted to go uh, on a big trip like for a couple of months or even for one year. And, um, and then I guess, so combination of those things, then eventually like, okay, I'm gonna, I think I have to, I have finally had the guts to quit my job in year seven. Uh, so I quit my job to go travel, came back. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to work for another company as an engineer, try this again. And maybe it'll be different. Maybe I'll enjoy it this time. Worked for another company as an engineer. 
enjoyed it initially. And then same thing happened again. I was just like, I don't like this. And that was at the time, um, kind of when I was in between jobs. So right after I came back from a big trip, I was starting to get into a little bit of photography. Uh, my dad gave me his old camera and I was just playing around with it with the dials. And, um, and then, you know, I took some pictures, didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like the pictures I was taking and the effect that it had, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what I was doing exactly. So then I started to do more research and Google everything. Like, you know, what's this number? What's this letter? What's this, what is this? What is this? Whatever. Right. And then, and then combination of that, and then starting to follow photography blogs and sign up for photography clubs in town, I started to kind of grow and develop and get better at photography. And, um, and then something happened one day, like I was posting images on Facebook. And then one day someone's like, Hey, do you take pictures of family or do you take pictures of headshots? Um, and we'll pay you for it. I'm like, what? <laughs> You'll pay me to take pictures? I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. So then I was starting to do this on the side. I even shot a wedding uh, while I was like part-time while I was still an engineer. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then what happened was the, the price of oil went down. It, uh, it, you know, the economy crashed in the oil and gas sector, got laid off. And then I was just like, after a while I was on employment insurance. And then, and then when, towards the end, when it was about to run out, I was like, do I try to find another job in, in engineering or do I go for it and try to start my own business, be an entrepreneur, which is something I always wanted to do and start doing in photography since I was already starting to make money from it part-time. So I knew it had some potential and that's kind of what happened. I just decided, uh, like, you know, uh, forget about uh, engineering. I'm going to try this and see what happens. That's awesome. So is that pretty much your first win? I guess you could say. Um, I guess, yeah. So I guess the first win was getting actually getting paid to do, to shoot. And then the big, real, real big win was when someone asked me to shoot a wedding. And then that's when I felt like, Oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm legit or, you know, someone thinks yeah. I'm good to shoot a wedding. Right? For sure. Cause that's like a, <laughs> yeah. a lot of work probably. Right. Yeah. I know it is. And I spent <laughs> like, like I think two months researching how to shoot a wedding. And, yeah. all a lot of moving parts. Or all the different situations and equipment and things. Yeah. So one, like one of my, I was going to ask you uh, originally, like what were some of the first steps you took, but I guess like it was basically, uh, learning about the camera, uh, yeah. signing up with photography, uh, yeah. websites, you went out to some events, you said like some meetups. Yeah. But, so sign up for some clubs in town. So then, I, and I pretty, pretty much said yes to everything that I came across. So like they had guest speakers, I would say I would go workshops, outings, um, yeah, things like that. Competitions, even they had photo competitions. You know, um, I even said yes to some volunteer work, uh, even though I've never like there'll be type of photography I've never done before, and I'm like, no, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> so just saying yes, I guess to opportunity. Yeah. And is, is that how you found your those first customers? Was it like through social media, or was it through those meetups? Uh, through Facebook, so okay. basically my own network. Um, I would just post images on on Facebook, and after a while, people would start associating me as Steve the photographer because I kept seeing photography and like photo photos on my on right. my feet. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And is that still how you're kind of actively finding? finding I would business? say Facebook is becoming a huge part of how I find clients, actually. And not just, not just like marketing through Facebook, but people now, for whatever reason, they will message you through Facebook. They won't even text you or call you or email you anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Eh? So is it still, do you find like it's, um, 
are, are you doing any, any other kinds of promotion or still just Facebook? Um, I, I do a bit of everything, but for like for now, it's most, I always say most of my business is, um, part of it's through Facebook, part of it through, I do do some ads, um, like online ads, uh, yeah. like KGG, which is like Craigslist in the, in the U S. Okay. Um, I do word of mouth, um, and just referrals, I guess. Yeah. And what are you like, uh, advertising your service as, uh, at, at this point, like for headshots for weddings and uh, just a general photographer pretty much. Um, and whatever you need. <laughs> gotcha. I'm not right now. I'm not really niching. Um, but once I get busier, I'll start to niche and I kind of know the direction I want to get in. Yeah. Fair enough. Did you ever have any like moments? I'm sure you did, but like moments where you feel like, should I be doing this or, cause I know at least in my experience, I would think that there's like, um, maybe I don't want to say safer money, but like there's quite a bit of money in engineering. And then with entrepreneurship, obviously there's like, you know, huge things you can do with it, but there's also in a way a lot more risk. So did you ever have any of those, uh, those moments where you're not sure? Um, I wouldn't say it wasn't not uh, definitely at this point anyway, like in the beginning, definitely there were moments where it's like, I would wake up and just like, Oh my God, I don't have guaranteed money coming in. Right. For sure. <laughs> it's like, I could make nothing this week. <laughs> right. And it was quite the uh, scary thought. And then after a while I kind of got through it, uh, pushed through it, I guess, but still, you know, financially I was in the best situation. I still am not in the best situation, but the way I look at it, I definitely don't want to go back because like back to being an employee, because I enjoy this too much, uh, and I'm, I think I'm just designed to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I'm willing to make sacrifices in like in my lifestyle just so I can keep this life. Fair enough. Yeah. For me, like, and people have asked me, they have like, could I ever go back and be an employee? And I'm like, I could, but it would be under certain conditions, right? Yeah. As a, um, it's a company I believe in. I like the owners. I like the people around me. Uh, I believe in their cause and what they're trying to do. The hours are flexible. Uh, then in those situations, then I would, I could, we could consider it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a, a big part is like, if you can like really keep learning, right? Yeah. I think that's the problem with a, a lot of jobs is they get stagnant mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. And, and nowadays, as you can see, like uh, even jobs don't, don't really seem all that secure anymore mm-hmm. either. <clears throat> oh yeah. Um, just, do you have any kind of like morning or daily rituals that kind of help you kind of stay focused or inspired? Um, I do. I've kind of developed a morning ritual, um, and I kind of got inspired by by that by doing having a morning ritual through um, a book. Actually, it's called the I think it's called the uh, Miracle Morning. Okay. Um, it was actually mentioned in a podcast I was listening to, uh, Pat Flynn, if you're familiar with him. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. So I read the book and he talks a lot about, he talks about the specific morning routine and I just kind of did a variation of it because I initially followed that routine. And then after a while I was just like, I like this part of the routine. I don't like this part of the routine. And then I kind of now have my own kind of variation of it. And basically what I do now for the most part is, um, I, when I wake up, you know, I start, I brush my teeth, um, um, take a shower. Then I have a glass of lemon water and a banana. That's kind of about what I have for breakfast right now. Um, and usually it keeps me full until lunch. And then, um, then I'll, will write in my five minute journal. 
in, in the five minute journal, um, it has like a, a few series of questions you're supposed to answer. Is like, this like the, you, is this the, like the five minute journal that I saw kind of like on Indiegogo or Kickstarter? Yeah. Okay. Probably. Yeah. There's only this, like the, there's only one five minute journal yeah. okay. <laughs> out there. Um, and, um, yeah, so they'll ask you questions like, what are you grateful for or thankful for? Um, what do you want to get done today? Um, and I forgot. There's a third question for the morning part, and then there's a there's an evening section to kind of like you review your day kind of thing. Okay. So I do that, and then I also have an exercise routine that I'm starting to get into. It's just a 15 minute routine where for one minute you do one type of exercise, and then and then each minute and for for 15 minutes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's kind of about it. Sometimes I do a little bit of visualization, and sometimes I'll watch a random motion, mo- motivational video on YouTube. Right, okay. <clears throat> yeah, this is one thing I, I noticed a lot, it seems like, with people in in business is like a, the, the morning rituals. Not mm-hmm. everyone, but probably a, a good 90% yeah. have some kind of a morning ritual. Yeah. <clears throat> and what I tried the meditation, but yeah. it just didn't stick with me, so I kind of left that out. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to do. Actually, it's funny. I never had meditated before, and then just like a month ago, I went to one of the the Vipassana mm-hmm. retreats. It was like ten days of silence, and yeah. for someone who had never meditated before, it was a pretty extreme way of getting oh, wow. into it. How, how was that experience? It was good. Like it was really interesting, and I had some moments where you know I almost wanted to just leave and run <laughs> out, just because uh, it's. I mean, even without the meditation part, just being silent for mm-hmm. nine days with like you can't speak to anyone, you can't make gestures or look at them or smile or anything like that. So it's, you're, you, even though you're with people, you have to act as if you're in solitude mm-hmm. and you, you obviously you don't have like a phone or you can't, uh, you're not allowed to write or read or anything. So it's, it's literally just you, the meditation and just walking around like a yard and sleeping. So it's like, just that was like a pretty big shock for me. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I definitely learned a lot of things. And I thought one of my key takeaways that I noticed was just being more, more compassionate mm-hmm. towards others. So even, I don't know, I know it's an extreme example, but sometimes like with, with since terrorism is such a, seems like a big thing these days, mm-hmm. even like that, when I look at them, obviously like I would not agree with what they're doing, but now I also think of like how much pain they must be going through <laughs> or, or what they've gone through to yeah. be able to do that. You know, like, a, I don't know, it's just, so it's, it's not like, uh, yeah, it's just like a different level of humanity. Like I just look yeah. at it more as like, man, I can't imagine what they've gone through to really to want to do that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, there's two sides to the coin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I I got that from it, and then um, yeah, just being able to focus, like to bring myself back. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is like not craving, uh, not like a lot of the, the Buddhist ways, like not craving things, but also not like running away from things. So it's more just being in the present and just yeah. observing whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, so as you like in general, I guess what, who have been some of like your mentors uh, or idols or just, you know, who's in, inspired you along the way or to even make the big change? Yeah. Um, I would say one of the big, one of my biggest, like a person that had a big influence on my life is definitely Chris Gillibo. He's the, um, oh, you know him, but he's the author of the blog, The Art of Nonconformity. Yeah. And it was interesting because, um, so when I first met him, I got introduced to him, his, 
his thing was about traveling and visiting every country in the world. And um, at the time, I was only really into traveling. Right? I want to get more into traveling. Yeah. So I, so I really kind of enjoyed his blogs and kind of reading about his adventures of trying to visit every country in the world, right? And um, also around that time, I got introduced to this whole community of people that, for them, long-term travel was, like, no big deal. It was, like, common, right? And this was, like, the couchsurfing community. Oh, yeah. So I would be meeting all these people that were like, yeah, I'm, I'm quitting my job to go travel for a year, for one month, two months. <laughs> gonna you know find a job and then quit and then find a job and quit and find and then I'm like what <laughs> and then uh, or work when i'm get there or whatever right work visas and things like that and this just opened up a whole new world to me of you know just like wow there's so many people that are doing this this is totally possible right true um so yes those so those two things and then the funny thing was after i went traveling and then came back and then i was pursuing entrepreneurship chris's blog evolved because he was done visiting every country in the world, and now he's focused a lot on entrepreneurship and like follow your passion and do what you love type of thing. And then I was going through that phase, so it kind of you almost timed it perfectly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then um, and then you know I've, I've met other people that have uh, inspired me. Um, photography wise, now there's a few people um, just on the photography side, um, just uh, kind of really inspired with any of the digital artists. So what I mean by that are people that would take pictures, but also would uh, manipulate it and create like this alternate reality, I guess, that's okay. in their head, like kind of like fantasy. Um, so I really enjoy those photographers. Um, there's one local called Renee Robin and another one called uh, Michael Leggy. And then uh, for travel photography, one of my biggest... Uh, I guess someone that I really love his work and tra- I'm kind of following him on Facebook is a Russian by the name of Daniel Corgan, Corden, actually. Okay. And what he does, and this is basically what I want to do one day, is all he does is travel around the world and say, hey, I'm going to be in Canada for two weeks and I'm doing a workshop. And he would like have all these people join him and then pay him basically to be part of these tours. Um, and then he would go like, okay, now this month I'm going to be in whatever, Iceland, and then this month I'm going to be in the U.S., and every time he goes to a place, he would have a group of people with him, which would pay to be with him, and he would do these tours and just travel around the world that way. Wow. <laughs> he must have a, a huge audience as well, right? Yeah, definitely. He Fair has enough. a huge following. I think I just checked. Um, he has about 35,000 likes on Facebook. Cool. Yeah. And then on Instagram, I'm assuming? Uh, probably a lot. I actually haven't checked on Instagram. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, in terms of Chris, he was a big influence for me as well. I, I try to when I try to think of like who in the beginning, I think yeah. it was a combination of uh, Tim Ferriss. Yeah. I think was pretty much one of my first inspirations, even for travel. Like he doesn't talk about travel like as much as Chris, but it's definitely a feature of the Four Hour Workweek. Yeah, um, I think somehow then I got got led into Chris, and then also with uh, Rolf Potts, who wrote yeah. uh, wrote Vagabonding. Yeah. I just thought that was such an awesome book. and uh, But with Chris, he also inspired me in the way that, I don't know, in some ways he loves this. Like I also love travel and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and yeah. and just getting better at life mm-hmm. in general. And he somehow he managed to find a way to like umbrella all of it yeah. into a really good site, which is, is really difficult to do, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, he's just like an overall great guy at the world domination. So I don't know how he does everything actually, but <laughs> yeah. so, somehow he gets it all done. Yeah. No, yeah. I will. Yeah. I'm definitely going to add two more. Tim Ferriss was definitely one, but not, 
it was more his four-hour work week yeah. because when I read it, I was like, you know, it, it opened up my eyes to how you can live your life and how you can do things differently, right? Yeah. Uh, the whole concept of outsourcing was like, oh, my God, that's amazing, right? True. And the funny thing is, I think I read the book, I don't know how long ago, maybe almost 10 years ago, whenever it came out. <laughs> um, and then I reread it again and uh, recently. And now I'm in a place where I can actually try to outsource, and I'm doing a bit of outsourcing. But I feel like I'm not utilizing it properly, and I need more practice and experience. And even if there's people out there that have more experience in outsourcing to kind of learn from them and how to outsource better. Um, that's something, you know, that has been like an eye opener of, uh, in terms of a concept. Yeah. Well, it's, it's pretty crazy how like he pretty much, I don't know, in some ways he like started the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Like you never, you don't really like think of it that way, but when you start yeah. looking at all the businesses out there, like yeah. everyone will say Tim Ferriss. Okay, mm-hmm. so. And I would say another person that has a big influence on in my life, and this guy, uh, right now and more so, uh, is Pat Flynn. Um, and I, it's his podcast, um, The Smart Passive Income. Yeah. Because he talks a lot about uh, making money online, basically, in different ways. And I'm getting so much value from his, uh, from his podcast and inspirations and ideas. Um, yeah. So definitely Pat Flynn for me. Yeah, he's also like a big. Yeah, it's funny. Like it's sometimes I, I guess I forgot about it for a while. But yeah. there was a time when I also like I loved his site as well. I think when I started started reading his stuff, I think he posted that he was making like twenty grand a month already or something. Yeah. And now he's up to like I don't know, like a hundred and something, <laughs> right? Like yeah, some berserk number that doesn't even yeah. like make sense to me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah his, I, th- I find his podcast is definitely one of the better ones if you really want like a more how to, right? Yeah. How to do specific things more so yeah. than inspiration mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> they, like with the interviews, um, they use, there's a lot of, like I said, I get a lot of value from it and get a lot of tips and leads and, you know, just maybe also kind of like, Oh, I never thought of that. Or that's a cool website or, you know, whatever. And I should check that out. And, you know, yeah. yeah. And did you, I guess that, I mean, I, you kind of already answered this, but I was going to ask you what some of your uh, favorite books or podcasts or, or movies are. So obviously one's the Smart Passive Income. Yeah, so for podcasts, right now mainly uh, Smart Passive Income. Um, the other blogs, or sorry, podcasts that I've listened to, um, there isn't one that I kind of really listen to religiously. There are a few that are just kind of like people that I know, and so I follow them because I want to support them. Um, and then some of them I just pick and choose, like even Tim Ferriss, I don't know, but Tim Ferriss's podcast, uh, I'm not the biggest fan, I would say. It depends on who's in, he's interviewing, I guess. Yeah. Um, like he interviews some pretty cool people sometimes, but yeah. they're also like very long. Yeah. 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 So yeah, for podcasts, I'd say mostly Pat Flynn. Um, and then for books, for our work week. Um, some new ones that I've been reading that I would recommend, um, uh, secrets of a millionaire mind, um, the 10 X rule, okay. um, a classic, how to win friends and influence people. Um, and then a new one called the one thing, which is mm-hmm. about focusing on one thing at a time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I have a lot of problem with because I have the, uh, uh, the shiny object syndrome, <laughs> or, you know, or I call it chasing too many rabbits. <laughs> And, and catching them. Yeah, that's definitely my biggest problem as well. Especially yeah. because I love, 
a lot of different areas too. Like not just, yeah. if I was only passionate about travel, you could probably still get away with uh, not being focused on one thing because at least yeah. you're focused on one industry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with me, there's just so many. I just love, I don't know, I just find there's so much yeah. creativity out there and I don't know, just so much possibilities that it's super hard yeah, to focus on one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get better at it. Um, but for now, yeah. <laughs> Still struggling with it. I can definitely see the the value in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you have any advice for others who who'd be looking to to make either um, either like make a big change in their life or follow a dream? Yeah, definitely. So if you're kind of like unhappy with where you are, and there's like you want to be, you realize you want to be somewhere else, right? Um, whatever it is, be an entrepreneur or start your own business or even just a side business or do more of what you love. Definitely, I guess. Um, come up with a plan. Don't just like one day we'll be like, I quit and then just start figuring it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Only Definitely. do that. If you have a plan. And what I mean by that is you either have a lot of money and you can afford to do that. Um, and if not, then what I recommend is at least, um, do it on the side and make sure that you can actually make some money from it. Like a little, like make it doing it, making it part time. Um, and then if, uh, if this is like, okay, this, I'm doing a part-time, I'm making money. This is something I can grow. Then make sure you have at least six months worth of income. So assume that you're not being, you're not going to be making money for six months. So have enough money saved up before you quit your job and then go after it. And then once you're there, um, well, even if you're on your way there, other things I would recommend, um, find accountability partners, people that would make sure that you're always, every day or every week moving that needle towards your dream, even if it's small steps and, um, surround yourself with people that are, that will support you. And ideally also people that are already done it, doing what you want to do and kind of learn from them. And, um, yeah, I think that's kind of what I recommend. For sure. I definitely, I can definitely say that they should do it on the side first. (laughs) I was like, definitely one of those like naive people in the beginning who, just kind of like, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty like bold with decisions and, and everything. So I just thought, oh, it's going to be like not yeah. easy, but kind of easy. Yeah. And I didn't even really have a plan of what I was going to sell or, or market. And I just like quit. And then, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I don't want to say it's difficult, but I mean, yeah. you know, if it was super easy, everyone would be doing it. And yeah. uh, it definitely helps at least to get a couple customers first to realize that, that you have something yeah. before giving up. Yeah. And actually one advice I have to recommend is surround yourself with the right people, um, with people that are going to inspire you towards that. Like, for example, like I'll give you a great example. Like, um, if you want to, let's say travel the world, right. Um, start surrounding yourself with people that love to travel, go on big trips. So that's like, that's how, if you do this, it will actually eventually happen because like, as an example of how I got into like I had the guts to, to quit, to go on a big trip, uh, four months backpacking through Panama to Mexico was I was, I met Chris and I followed his blog and then, and then I met another girl and she was traveling around the world and I met her through WDS and so I followed her blog. Then I met the couchsurfing community and I met all these awesome people that were like traveling. And so now I'm surrounded by, I know so many people and I'm surrounded by so many people that are traveling that I was like, that it was basically inevitable that this was going to happen. It was just a matter of when was this going to happen. Yeah. And you meet so many people who are doing it in different ways, right? Like, cause yeah. if, you know, if you don't surround yourself with people like that, you might, 
you might look at travel as something that costs $10,000 for a two week yeah. tour. And you don't really like realize how many opportunities there are out there. Like whether it's working on the road or couch surfing or even yeah. as extreme as hitchhiking, like there's all kinds of ways to make it work Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or, you know, if you want to be like, if it's an entrepreneurship that you want to pursue and you want to be like, I know a full-time writer, then surround yourself with writers and people that are already doing it full-time or part-time or, and join for, you know, if there's writing clubs and things like that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's like being a, being resourceful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what about in just, just to get like a, a little more specific with that question, since you're into photography, if someone, if someone asked you, Oh, they really want to be a photographer. They've always, you know, considered or something like that. What would be your advice in, in, in that way for someone to make a, that either wants to get into photography, maybe as an entrepreneur or even just as like a more serious hobby. Okay. A couple things. Um, first sign up to clubs and meetups that are related to photography. Um, say yes to any opportunities that comes your way through those clubs. Um, subscribe to photography blogs, both in both blogs that are uh, famous photographers and also of blogs on how to be a better photographer, right? Like they give tips and lessons and things like that. Um, one of the really good ones out there is called, I think it's called, uh, digital photography school. I think it's called, and you can sign up for their email list and they'll send you articles every so often. So do that. Then the next thing to do is, um, surround yourself with other photographers. Um, so you'll meet them through the meetups, try to, you know, um, you can create your own meetup photography meetups and trying to pull these photographers out to do, you know, like group photo shoots and things like that, photo walks. And then also find a mentor, find someone who has a successful photography business and either work for them paid or free or, um, have just reach out to them and contact them every so often. Yeah. And meet them for coffee. Actually do that. Find a bunch of photographers that are doing it full time and are successful and meet yeah. them for coffee and see where it goes. Yeah. I always love the idea of meeting people who are already doing it. And you'd be surprised if you ask them, a lot of them will say yes, maybe not for coffee if they're really busy, but even just a quick phone call or Skype chat. Would you recommend like, um, buying like a really good camera right off the bat or just starting off? No, like <laughs> if you have a lot of money, then go for it. But, uh, no, um, just buy a, either a mirrorless camera or, and a, or, an, or a, you can buy a DSLR too and a, and a crop sensor. So those are kind of like the entry level, uh, cameras. What's a crop sensor? Um, crop sensor, basically when it comes to cameras, so be it DSLR or even mirrorless, there's two types. There's the crop sensor and the full frame. Uh, crop sensor, all it means is like the size of your sensor is smaller than a full frame. Okay. And they're generally cheaper. So they're, the body's half the price. The lenses are about half the price. So yeah. like your, your like bottom, like the Nikon D3000 would all be like crop sensor? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And then like with Nikon, the smaller the number, the, the more expensive they are generally. <laughs> so, yeah. But do you have anything you'd like to, to mention before we end the call or any, or either something you'd like to mention, maybe a new yeah. project you're working on or, or where people can find you? Yeah, I mean, I guess last words, if you want to say. Um, definitely, if you um, are trying to you know, go after something, uh, if you're kind of unhappy with where you are and you're like, hey, you want to, whatever it is, 
uh, you know, start, start a business, do your, be your own boss or get out of what you're doing and change careers or travel the world or, you know, there's something that you really love doing. You want to do more of it. Um, uh, I say, go after it. Don't be scared to do it. Even just start doing it, you know, on the side, part time, baby steps, and then keep, keep pushing yourself, keep growing, you know, keep moving the needle. Right. Um, don't, you know, and keep, keep, keep your eye on your goal basically. And you'll, you'll eventually get there. Awesome. Yeah. And any new projects you're working on? Yeah. So basically right now, um, I'm starting a blog. Um, it's called the free life experiment and the URL is just the free life experiment.com. And basically it's kind of like a personal blog slash. I'm also going to be, uh, so it's talking about, um, the three things that I really enjoy, which is travel, photography, and entrepreneurship. And I'm hoping to use it to kind of share stories of my, of my adventures, but also to share tips on how and inspire people to live their free life and whatever their definition of the free life is, you know, be it travel more, do more what they love, uh, start a business, uh, doing what they love, you know, whatever that is. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'll put that in the show notes. So that's the, the uh, free life experience or just free life. I think it's, I think it's let's see here. <laughs> it's just a free life experiment. Okay. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes anyways, for people to, to check out and what about um are you on any like social media channels that someone yeah, can find you? Um if you want to follow me Instagram, um it's just Stephen Lee Photo. Yes. S T E V E N L I photo. And that will be my Instagram for um for most of my travel images. Okay. And then if you really want to follow me on my on the business side, it's just Stephen Lee Photography. Sweet, yeah, yeah I'll put them both in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for the uh, the opportunity. Awesome. All right. Well, that's the end of the interview. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sure you could tell uh, had you listened to maybe some previous interviews with me that I seemed a little bit rusty with that one. I guess that's what happens after two years of not interviewing people, but uh, I'll get back into it soon. Either way, I hope you learned a lot. And if you do like the Live Limitless podcast, it would really mean the world to me if you left me a review on iTunes and or subscribed. And that's how I know that people are enjoying the show. And that's how more people will find out about it. But other than that, have a great day and we'll see you on the next podcast.